it's time for another session. It sure is. It we is beautiful. made it to another one. We made it. Yeah. It's a beautiful day. It is. The sun shining and everything. We had quite the, the thunderstorms last I night. I know. And rained. Yeah. I can't believe it. I know. All of a sudden. I know. Here we are again. How have you been? Fine, thank you. How have you been? Good. Good. Hanging in there. Yeah, things are, I think, headed towards better times. Me too. I hope. Me too. Especially here in California. It's changing a little. I hope. Yes. But yeah, otherwise we're, we're doing good. We're hanging in there. Good. Good to hear. Yeah. Is there anything you want to talk about before we get started? I don't think so. Oh. How about you? No. No. I don't think so. Okay. Uh-uh. No. I can't good. believe we're we're almost we're almost done with numbers. Me either. We're getting there. It goes quickly. It does, but it's so interesting. Yes, like, it for is. Real. It, it really, really is. is. It is. Yes. All right. Well, would you like to start us? Sure. Prayer? All right. Here we go. Lord, I know you're with me and love me. Give me peace of mind as I prepare for this time of study. Help me to focus on my books and notes. Keep me from all distractions so that I will make the best use of this time that is available to me. Give me insight that I might understand what I am studying and help me to remember it when the time comes. Above all, I thank you for the ability to be able to study and for the many gifts and talents that you have given me. Help me always to use them in such a way that they honor you and do justice to myself. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's, so we're going to be focusing on Numbers chapters 20 through 27. Okay. We're, let's first recap Numbers chapters 15 through 19. We talked about the man who broke the Sabbath. Yes. And they they stoned him, didn't they? Yes, they, they did. Yeah. He's bye-bye. <laughs> Uh, we talked about the three men who rebelled against Moses and Aaron. Mm-hmm. That didn't turn out well. No. Uh, the Lord was going to destroy all the Israelites, but Moses and Aaron prayed for them, as they always did. It always kind of turned out that way. Yeah. Um, Aaron's staff was picked by the Lord, where it sprouted, budded, blossomed, and then produced the ripe almonds. And then um, the the duties of the priests and the Levites were laid out. Yes. Now, was there anything else you no, wanted to bring I up for have, that? No. Uh-uh. Okay, so chapter twenty. Now it had been thirty-seven years. This was this was kind of the opening paragraph in the Bible. It had been thirty-seven years since Israel's first scouting mission into the Promised Land, and forty years since the Exodus from Egypt. The Bible is virtually silent about those 37 years of aimless wandering. I wonder why. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just curious, like why it wasn't expanded upon. I I don't have the answer to that right off in my mind. Same with, same with, uh, well, we'll get to it, but like Jesus. Yeah. Like it doesn't talk about, I'm just wondering about, yeah, his younger years. Yeah. But. It is what, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, The generation of those who had lived in Egypt had almost died off, and the new generation would soon be enter, would soon be ready to enter the land. Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb were among the few who remained from those who had left Egypt. 
not many were were still with them. A new generation was was now traveling. Yes, Marion, Miriam, and Aaron died, right? They do. Yeah, yeah. They okay. they died in this section. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now that, there's a little note for that for that part. It said. After 37 years in the wilderness, the Israelites forgot that their wanderings were a result of their parents and their own sin. They could not accept the fact that they brought their problems upon themselves, so they blamed Moses for their condition. Often our troubles result from our disobedience or lack of faith. We cannot blame God for our sins. Until we face this reality, we have little peace and no spiritual growth. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yes, it is. It really does come to a certain point, certain point where you have to just look at yourself. Yep, and be like, I- "I'm doing something wrong here." Yeah, it isn't everybody else. No, just like a little child when when they come to tattle on someone and they point at them, mm-hmm. and you say, "Where are all your other fingers pointing?" Yes, four of them are pointing at yourself. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at this. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, exactly, look in your own closet before someone else's. No joke. Yeah. And, like, think about that. Like, they're talking about it in Bible times, and it applies to this day. Yeah. More than ever. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Instead of judging and this and that to everybody else, look at yourself. Yep. And... You'll be amazed if if you do that with someone you're arguing with, like a one-on-one, and if you take responsibility, sometimes it really silences an argument. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm really, I'm really sorry for what I did, or I just take responsibility, and it kind of really puts the other person in a different spot, yeah, and kind of makes them look at themselves. Some people never will, but you know. It just, I don't know. And I think that's one of the most important things in a relationship is you have to be accountable and you have to be honest and truthful with your spouse. Mm -hmm. If you don't, there's no foundation. No. There is just no foundation to work from if you do not trust that person. Yes, I agree with you. There's nothing, nothing there. No. Mm -mm. I don't know why this turned into a relationship <laughs> segment but yeah but you're right um, yes. now in chapter 20 we like you just said we learned that moses sister miriam yes passed and um you know the israelites were once again upset with moses and aaron because there was no water and they were questioning why did he take them out of egypt um but what did moses and aaron do if you could read chapter 20 verses 6 through 8 sure it says moses and aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down on the ground then the glorious presence of the lord appeared to them and the lord said to moses you and aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community as the people watch speak to the rock over there and it will pour out its water You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. That's an important, those are important verses. Yes. Um, Now, I wanted to ask you, when it said that you and Aaron must take the staff, is that Aaron's staff? I think so, Okay, I just wanted to double check with you on that. For some reason, Moses and Aaron didn't follow these instructions. 
I just don't understand it. It's almost like they got a little, you know, they wanted to put a little presentation on and, yeah, you know, kind of make it their own instead of because he tapped the, the rock and kind of like, oh, look what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, and God didn't like that. Not at all. Mm-mm. Um, in Numbers chapter 20, verse 12, it says, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. Oh. So now he's not only is, you know, almost all the Israelites aren't going in. Now we've been told Aaron and Moses aren't going will in. not go in after all that he has done. Remember when we well when we were reading together and we read that part we were just like what uh, we just could not believe it you know that everything Moses had done in particular and now he this. wasn't going to be allowed into the promised land yeah we just yep but he knew like he knew he knew better he did know better he knew he yep did you have a note for that part? I did. Okay. Um, I had, um, the Lord had told Moses to speak to the rock. However, Moses struck it, not once, but twice. God did the miracle, yet Moses was taking credit for it when he shouted, Must we bring you water from this rock? For this he was forbidden to enter the promised land. Was God's punishment to Moses too harsh after all? The people had nagged him, slandered him, and rebelled against both him and God. Now they were at it again. But Moses was the leader and the model for the entire nation. Because of this great responsibility to the people, he could not be let off lightly by striking the rock. Moses disobeyed God's direct command and dishonored God in the presence of his people. Mm-hmm. So you could see. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, you think, oh, maybe he was just overwhelmed with all the people. But honestly, he's been in harder places with these people than this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and he knew. He did. He knew. He did. This wasn't a particularly a, a, a new situation for him. I mean, he's been getting uh, commands from God yeah. for quite a while. Yeah. He's been with this large group of Israelites for quite a while. Oh, yeah. So... It's just, it was a lapse in judgment. Yes. I would imagine. I mean, I'm not trying to like. Yeah, I. but I'm agreeing with you. I agree. And we all have those lapses in judgment. Yes. But this is what it cost Moses. It sure, yeah. It, it cost him, yeah. Um, now, continuing in, in chapter 20. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have any more notes no, for that? No, that? that was it. Uh, continuing on in chapter 20, the Israelites needed to travel through Edom. On their way to the promised land. And Moses didn't want to enter without permission. So he sent a message to the king. uh, Explaining their journey. And how they would be very respectful. If you know if they were able to travel through. Um, But the king did not want any part of it. No. No part of it. And he met them with his army. Did you have a note for that part? Yes I, I do. And it says. Two brothers became the ancestors of two nations. The Edomites descended from Esau, the Israelites from Jacob. Thus, the Edomites were relatives to the Israelites. Israel sent a brotherly message to Edom requesting passage through their land on the main road, a well-traveled trade route. Israel promised to stay on the road. 
thus harmlessly bypassing Edom's fields, vineyards, and wells. The Edomites refused, however, because they did not trust Israel's word. They were afraid that this great horde of people would either attack them or devour their crops. Because brothers should not fight, God told the Israelites to turn back and travel by a different route to the promised land. Hmm. So he's just saying just avoid it and go another way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was very respectful. Yeah. I did too. The whole thing was handled, I think, well. Yeah. I mean, no arguing, no nothing. Just, okay, we'll go a different way. Yeah. And be done with it. Um, did you have any other notes for that part? Um, I did. The, okay. the King's Road was an old caravan route. Long before this time, it was used as a major public road. And um, Moses tried to negotiate and reason with the Edomite king. When nothing worked, he was left with two choices, force a conflict or avoid it. Moses knew there would be enough barriers in the days and months ahead. There was no point in adding another one unnecessarily. Sometimes conflict is unavoidable, but sometimes it isn't worth the consequences. Open warfare may seem heroic, courageous, and even righteous, but it is not always the best choice. At times, we should follow Moses' example and find another way to solve our problems, even if it's harder for us to do. Hmm. Okay, now finishing up chapter 20, would you mind reading uh, verses 23 through 26? Not at all. Um, So this is about the death of Aaron. There on the border of the land of Edom, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, The time has come for Aaron to join his ancestors in death. He will not enter the land I am giving the people of Israel, because the two of you rebelled against my instructions concerning the water at Meribah. Now take Aaron and his son, Aaron, his son Eleazar up Mount Hor. There you will remove Aaron's priestly garments and put them on Eleazar, his son. Aaron will die there and join his ancestors. Hmm. That just seems like a... It's bittersweet. It is. Because when God called Moses, as remember, he said, I can't do it. And God said, that's okay. Aaron's a good speaker. Because mm-hmm. Moses said, I don't speak well in front of in front of." crowds and he goes I'm going to send Aaron with you and now Aaron's gonna but the way God puts it he's going to join his ancestors yeah it was never um not mean-spirited he never did it you know meanly it's just like okay this is what happened I still love you but you're not going to be able to go in and his son is going to be the next priest yeah just it's time for him to go now and Aaron even though Aaron you know did like with the golden calf and stuff uh you know even though he did stuff like that the things he did contribute to their journey and to the Israelites yeah did you have a note for that part I just um I have not for that part no okay because do you have anything for chapter 20 I do. Okay. I do. It says, Aaron died just before entering the promised land as punishment for his sin of rebellion. This was the first time that a new high priest was appointed. The priestly clothing was removed from Aaron and placed on his son Eleazar, following the commands recorded in the book of Leviticus. 
that's nice. And at least, uh, you know, Aaron got to see that. Exactly. I mean, it could have been so... He could have zapped him right off like he did to some other folks. He zapped a lot of people. <laughs> Just instantly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know? Yeah. He could have opened up the earth. Mm-hmm. And boom, no more Aaron. I mean, many things, yeah. Okay, now, did you have anything else for chapter 20? No, I okay. don't have anything. Okay, so on to chapter 21. Uh, it starts with the Canaanite king attacking the Israelites and taking some of them as prisoners. And the Israelites made a vow to the Lord that they would completely destroy all the Canaanite towns if if the Lord returned the prisoners. And the Lord granted them victory, which I thought was so interesting. I never caught this before. The Israelites destroyed all the Canaanite towns. But now, and we're going to get to this coming up, but I think this is kind of a precursor to what or what did not happen when they entered the promised land. Oh, okay. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Do you think this is kind of like, okay, they know better. They did it here, but they didn't do it here. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Yes. We'll get to it. This. So then the Israelites journeyed around Edom because, you know, the king wouldn't let them travel through. And the Israelites became impatient, asking, why did you take us out of Egypt? I mean, Moses must have been like, dude, come on. I mean, how, how many, many times, times am I going to hear this? He should have said, listen, I'm in the front up here. I'm, there's going to be a sign on my back. <laughs> so if you guys ask again, just look at my back. The sign says, this is why. This is why. And, and you remember it. Because if I didn't remember that Red Sea hoo-ha back there, boo-ba. Remember your parents talked about? Did your parents talk about yeah. that? Okay, here it is. Now it's just going to be on my back written <laughs> when you want to ask again. Refer to that. Yeah, refer to that. Because I don't want to answer this anymore. Yeah. Those of you that don't speak this language and the others do, you you read it for them. Get somebody. Yeah, get someone. Get a friend. <laughs> Oh. Ask somebody else. Be like, don't ask Moses. Yeah. Seriously, he doesn't want to hear that anymore. I mean, really, let's respect him. He doesn't have his brother or his sister anymore. Yeah. Let's just... Let's lay off. Yeah, let's lay off for a bit. He is stressed out. I mean, heavens. <laughs> and, and he's always praying for us. What are we doing? Yeah, and now they're going to... They don't have nothing to eat or drink. Yeah. We're tired of manna. We're tired. We're tired of water coming out of rocks. And we ate up uh, all the 50 tons of quail. Yeah. No more quail. Too much. So the Lord hears, you know, what what the Israelites are saying, and he was not pleased. So he sent poisonous snakes. <sighs> and the Israelites asked for, a, for forgiveness and, and asked Moses to pray for the people, and he did. And then the Lord had Moses make a, a bronze replica, a replica bronze snake. Yeah. And attach it to a pole. So if anyone was bitten, they could look at it and be healed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you have notes for that part? I don't. Oh. Wait. No? 21? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a couple notes. Okay. You want to read them? I would love to. Okay. Thank you. 
Um, God used poisonous snakes to punish the people for their unbelief in complaining. The wilderness where they traveled has a variety of snakes. Some hide in the sand and attack without warning. Both the Israelites and the Egyptians had a great fear of snakes. A bite by a poisonous snake often meant a slow death with intense suffering. And, you know, I I wouldn't have really thought about that, but that absolutely would have been a fear traveling through the desert. Yes. Um, And then also when the bronze snake was hung on the pole, the Israelites didn't know the fuller meaning Jesus Christ would bring to this event. Jesus explained that just as the Israelites were healed of their sickness by looking at the snake on the pole, all believers today can be saved from the sickness of sin by looking to Jesus's death on the cross. It was not the snake that healed the people, but their belief that God could heal them. This belief was demonstrated by their obedience to God's instructions in the same way we should continue to look to Christ. So it's all, like we say, it's all pointing to Christ. Yes, it is. Yep. Okay. And then moving on in chapter 21, the Israelites uh, continued on and sent a message to the Amorite king. Well, essentially the same thing. They want to travel through. Is it okay? Um, But no, he he said no. And... um, that they couldn't, but, and the Israelites were attacked, but they were victorious. The Israelites won and they captured all the towns of the Amorites. Yes, they did. Um, did you have a note for that part? That is, God assured Moses that Israel's enemy was conquered even before the battle began. God wants to give us victory over our enemies, which are usually problems related to sin rather than armed soldiers. But first, we must believe that he can help us. Second, we must trust him to help us. And third, we must take the steps that he shows us. Mm, That is it. That's important. Yes, it is. You know, you have that belief that he can. Yeah. That you have to have the trust and then take the steps. Yes, all of them. Yeah. That is for sure. Uh, Was there anything else for chapter 21? No, that's all I had. Okay, moving on to chapter 22. Now, this, oh, 22 was just great. Yes. Where um, it talked about King Balak and then uh, Balaam. Yes. Okay, so Balak, he had seen how powerful the Israelites were and how they crushed the Amorites, and he feared for Moab. Um, So he called... Balak had called for Balaam, who lived in a neighboring area, and explained the situation. And he wanted Balaam to curse the Israelites so they wouldn't be a threat uh, to King Balak and, and uh, his, his people. Uh, did you have notes for that part? I have. Balaam was a sorcerer, one called upon to place curses on others. Belief in curses and blessings was common in Old Testament times. Sorcerers were thought to have power with the gods. Thus, the king of Moab wanted Balaam to use his powers with the God of Israel to place a curse on Israel, hoping that, by magic, God would turn against his people. Neither Balaam nor Balak had any idea whom they were dealing with. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, did you have another note for that part or no? Why would God speak through a sorcerer like Balaam? God wanted a message to the God wanted to give a message to the Moabites, and they had already chosen to employ Balaam. So Balaam was available for God to use, much as he used the wicked Pharaoh to accomplish his will in Egypt. 
Balaam entered into his prophetic role seriously, but his heart was mixed. He had some knowledge of God, but not enough to forsake his magic and turn wholeheartedly to God. Although this story leads us to believe he turned completely to God, later passages in the Bible show that Balaam couldn't resist the tempting pull of money and idolatry. Mm. Okay, now God spoke to Balaam and refused to curse the Israelites. And Balaam relayed that message to King Balak, who offered him a, a large sum of money to curse the Israelites. So Balaam waited for another message from God and... uh God told him to to go, but only follow his instructions. In the notes, it said God let Balaam go with with Balak's messengers, but he was angry about Balaam's greedy attitude. Balaam claimed that he would not go against God just for money, but his resolve was beginning to slip. His greed for the wealth offered by the king blinded him so that he could not see how God was trying to stop him. Though we may know what God wants us to do. We can become blinded by the desire for money, possessions, or prestige. We can avoid Balaam's mistake by looking past the allure of fame or fortune to the long-range benefits of following God. Did you have any other notes for that part? No, I do have some for 22, though, not but not that part. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then we finish up the story, uh, or we finish up chapter 22 with the story of Balaam and his donkey, which was, that's crazy. I know. Um, let's see. Numbers chapter 22, verse 22. But God was angry that, that Balaam was going. So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. Uh, in part, in part it said that. And the first two times the angel of the Lord tried to stop Balaam and his donkey, you know, they were able to kind of squeeze by or they were, they didn't stop. Yeah. But the Lord gave the donkey the the ability to speak that third time. Uh, and he asked, like, what, why are you beating me? What have I done to deserve this beating? Yeah. And the Lord opened Balaam's eyes so he could see the angel of the Lord with a drawn sword in his hand. And the angel of the Lord told him to continue with his journey, but only to say what God tells him. Can you imagine that? Oh my gosh, no. And it the chapter ends with Balak and Balaam looking down on the large amount of Israelites below them because they were up on a, on, a, on a mountain. That's nuts. I know. I just, I know it. And to have God open your eyes to, to reveal, you know what I mean? Yeah, to, like so, to see more. Yes. To take the... Sh- Take the blinders off. Yes. Now, um, did you have a note for that yes. part? Yes. The donkey saved Balaam's life, but made him look foolish in the process. So Balaam lashed out at the donkey. We sometimes strike out at blameless people who get in our way because we are embarrassed or our pride is hurt. Lashing out at others can be a sign that something is wrong with us. Don't allow your own hurt pride to lead you to hurt others. I think we've all done that. Yes. Oh, I'll, I'll just speak for myself. I know I've done oh, that. Oh, I have too. I just, yes, I can't. I, that was such a visual thing. Oh. Wasn't it? Because you can just picture it in your mind that they're traveling and Balaam, you know, just wants to go. Yeah. And this donkey is not listening to him. No. And so he's hitting the donkey. Mm-hmm. I just loved that. Oh. But amazing. Yes. uh, Love it. Anything else for 22? No, that's it for me. Okay, chapter 23. 
It focuses on Balaam and his messages uh, to King Balak from the Lord. And several times they built uh, seven altars and then they sacrificed the burnt offerings. And every time God instructed Balaam not to curse the Israelites. And this was infuriating the king. Yeah. He just wanted Balaam to, to curse the Israelites. Yeah. Wouldn't do it. No. And uh, if you could read, if you don't mind, uh, chapter 23, verses 19 through 24, because yes. Balaam had relayed a message to the king. It says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. He is ever spoken. He has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I received a command to bless. God has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No trouble is in store for Israel. For the Lord their God is with them. He has been proclaimed their king. God brought them out of Egypt. For them he is as strong as a wild ox. No curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob what wonders God has done for Israel. These people rise up like a lioness, like a majestic lion rousing itself. They refuse to rest until they have feasted on prey, drinking the blood of the slaughtered. Mm. And at this point, so now King Balak is like, okay, fine. You're not going to curse them, but at least don't bless them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Balaam remained loyal to the Lord. Yeah, you know, did. he only told them what the Lord told him to do. Yeah. And um, there was one last note there. Did you have that yes. or no? Okay. Balak took Balaam to several places to try to entice him to curse the Israelites. He thought a change of scenery might help change Balaam's mind. But changing locations won't change God's will. We must learn to face the source of our problems. Moving to escape problems only makes solving them more difficult. Problems rooted in us are not solved by a change of scenery. A change in location or job may only distract us from the need for us to change our heart. How true is oh, that? I know. How true is that? Sometimes if you have an issue, sometimes I have found to sleep on it is better yeah. than reacting right then, but you can't run away. You can't run away. You can't. A temporary change of scenery yes. may help clear your mind. Yes. But you always have to deal with the root of the problem. And that is so difficult because you have to recognize the root of the problem. Then you have to deal with it. And dealing with whatever it is may not be pleasant. No. It may not be pleasant at all. But to resolve that you know so between praying and then resolving whatever the issue is is fundamental is key oh. to being able to move on yeah. so you know moving cities moving houses moving wherever or constantly just kind of being on the go isn't it may temporarily help, you know, like it, it helps just for a little bit. Yeah. But it's not solving anything. No. It's not truly helping you. Not at all. Everyone at home just missed about a 15, 15 minute conversation about talk show hosts from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> and then we had a, a jarring conversation about Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. 
So it was great. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get on to. And a son came in and ate Robin's son. Or no, he grabbed something. The older boy, yeah. He could have cared less. Like he doesn't. Yeah, about what we were talking about. No, he doesn't. You know, like. Okay, so on to chapter 24. Okay. Uh, So King Balak wouldn't take no for an answer and took Balaam to another location to see Mm -hmm. if he would curse the Israelites there. And then they, once again, they did the seven altars and they burnt the, the, um, the offerings but Balaam didn't seek God this time. The spirit of God came upon him yes. and delivered a message. And King Balak flipped his lid. He was he was so upset, you know, that he had called upon Balaam to curse the Israelites. Um, you know, he thought he was going to be cursing them, but he, he ended up blessing them three times. Did you have notes for that part? Yes, on 24, correct? Uh-huh. Um, I have, this is what I have. Sure. I have staying true to God's word may cost us promotions and advantages in the short run but those who choose god over money will one day acquire heavenly wealth beyond measure then i have the star that will rise from jacob is often thought to refer to the coming messiah Mm. it was probably this prophecy that convinced the astrologers to travel to Israel to search for a baby Jesus. It seems strange that God would use a sorcerer like Balaam to foretell the coming of the Messiah, but this teaches us that God can use anything or anyone to accomplish his plans. By using a sorcerer, God did not make sorcery acceptable. In fact, the Bible condemns it in several places. Rather, God showed his ultimate sovereignty over good and evil. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Just that. Mm -hmm. He can use anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was young, I was told, you help everyone. You never know when you're entertaining angels. None of us are better than anybody else. Mm -mm. I don't know about anybody else out there, but I have felt that I people have made me feel lower than them. Sure, sure. You know, um, like I'm a lower class. I'm not as good as them. And when you're younger, that really hurts. Mm. But now, as you get older, you could really care less. And, you know, it's hard to explain to people that or children or someone that cares about that. But... Honestly, I would not care to be a friend of somebody like that anymore. But there's times in your life when you're young and that kind of, you know, gets to you. But shame on people like that. Sure, sure. And it's when you're young, it is a learning process. Yes, it is. You're right. But as an adult, come on now. Yeah, I mean, why would you even want to be around someone like that? Yeah. Where are their values? Where are they... I don't want to be grounded in materialism. No. Or being around, you know, someone who's constantly, like, they have issues of their own. So, like, we were, like we just read, you know, they take it out on other people to make themselves feel better. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I want to be an empathetic, loving person. Just love. And that takes work, too. It does. It, it takes work. Because if you did, like, I think that's just naturally you well thank you. no i do i think that's naturally you 
because sometimes it is hard to, to feel empathy towards towards some things or some people. But in your head, you have to be like, okay, no, get a grip. But Let's look at the situation. You yeah, know? yeah. But uh, I, I just, that right there just, I mean, really, he God used someone that does something against him. Mm-hmm. Sorcery he does not condone. He yeah. used someone that was doing what he is against. Yeah, and Balak was probably like, this guy's going to curse them, no problem. Yeah. But God, God, you know, spoke to Balaam and, and Balaam was listening. Yeah, I know. I, I just loved it. I loved that. So yeah. anyway, I just loved that note. So, oh, yeah. All righty. Um, and then chapter 24 concludes with Balaam about to tell uh, King Balak what the Israelites are going to do to his people. Yeah. So that's how it ends there. Now, did you have anything else for chapter 24? I, I didn't. No, I didn't. Okay, so chapter 25. Um, this was, you know, there's like each chapter brings something different. I know I say that a lot, but I don't know. Like this chapter was so good. Some of the Israelite men had sexual relations, sexual relations with the Moabite women and began worshiping their gods. And Lord wasn't pleased with this and told Moses to gather all those men and execute them. And Aaron's grandson, Phineas, this was something. So I guess, not I guess, it said in the Bible that uh, one of the Israelite men brought a, a, um, a Moabite woman into his tent and Phineas saw this and he got so mad. He took his spear, went to that man's tent, put the spear through the man in, in, into the belly of the woman. Yeah. Talk about mad, huh? Who we yeah. thrust it all the way through that man's body. Gosh. And the Lord, he had sent a plague. 24,000 people had died, uh, had died from a plague that the Lord sent. Yeah. Because of all this. Yes. Goodness. I know. Crazy. Um, but it's also kind of a, a, like a sign of things to come. Yep. Yes, it is. Um, did you have notes for chapter 25? I had, um, the combination of sexual sin and idol, this combination of sexual sin and idolatry, it turns out was Balaam's idea. The same Balaam who had just blessed Israel and who appeared to be on their side it is easy to see how the Israelites were misled, for Balaam seemed to say and do all the right things, at least for a while. Not until Balaam had inflicted great damage on them did the Israelites realize that he was greedy, used sorcery, and was deeply involved in pagan religious practices. We must be careful to weigh both the words and deeds of those who claim to offer spiritual help. And then we learn about that in... Another couple chapters. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Did you have any other notes? Um, I had the Israelites were continu continually attracted to Baal worship, in which prostitution played a large part throughout their years in Canaan. Basically, because Baal or Baal was... I think, I think it's Baal. Baal? Yeah. Baal was so popular, his name was often used as a genetic... Generic title for all the local gods. Mm. So the Israelites were going to be fighting with the false gods and, and particularly Baal. Forever, it yeah. seemed like. Yeah. 
And whoever thought that up, I mean, God made men to desire. Mm. So you can imagine that went right to what they wanted. Yeah. 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 Did you have anything else for that part? Um, I have for 10 and 11. Of 25? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. It's clear from Phineas's story that some anger is proper and justified. Phineas was angry because of his zeal for the Lord. But how can we know when our anger is appropriate and when it should be restrained? Ask these questions when you become angry. Why am I angry? Whose rights are being violated, mine or another's? Is the truth being violated? If your only rights are at stake, it may be wiser to keep angry feelings under control. But if the truth is at stake, anger is often justified, although violence and retaliation are usually the wrong way to express it. If we are becoming more and more like God, we should be angered by sin. Mm. Yeah, Phineas was not having it. No, <laughs> not at all. Huh. Okay, so moving on to ch- uh, chapter 26. Uh, they went on to do a, a second census. Yes. Um, it, the intro paragraph for chapter 26 in our Bible said Israel had done a census when they first left Sinai and after 40 years in the wilderness and the death of nearly everyone from that generation, it was time to do another one. This generation would be ready to follow God into the land he had promised their ancestors. And at this point, the Lord spoke to Moses and Eleazar to record the names of all the men 20 years or older who were able to go to war. Um, just as we read in the beginning of, of the book of Numbers. And the rest of chapter 26, it broke down each tribe's numbers. And while it's important, and if you want to talk about it more, Amy, go right ahead. Yeah. Um, we're not going to go any deeper into into chapter 26, really. But we do learn that the Israelites had 601,730 registered troops at this point. Yep. Compared, I went back. To the 603,550 wow. troops at the beginning of Numbers. So not all that different. No. Pretty darn close. Yes, it is. Um, the Lord then told Moses to divide the land among the tribes according to tribe size. Yep. Um, did you have notes for that? Point? I had this. A new census for a new generation. 38 years had elapsed since the first great census recorded in Numbers. During that time, every Israelite man and woman, 20 years old and over, except Caleb, Joshua, and Moses, had died. Just three. Hmm. Just three. Yep. And yet God's laws and the spiritual character of the nation were still intact. Numbers record some dramatic miracles. This is a quite powerful, this is a quiet but powerful miracle often overlooked. A whole nation moved from one land to another, lost its entire adult population, yet managed to maintain its spiritual direction. Sometimes it may feel like God isn't working dramatic miracles in our lives, but God often works in quiet ways to bring about his long-range purposes. Mm. Just three people. Gosh. And you know... When, when you look at all we've read, it seems like such turmoil and this and that, but God was working in the in the background. Yeah, the entire time. You know, you all we see is all this, that, and you think, oh my gosh, oh, oh, but 
then you see these stories like the donkey. <laughs> yeah. And then you see another little thing. And then like him working with today with Balaam. Mm -hmm. But then once God let go of Balaam to, to do with on his own, he went right back to the... Yeah. So, you know. And think how easily the Israelites just could have totally scattered yes. and lost their way. Like Moses was always... You know, for the Israelites, Moses was the the human backbone for them. Yeah. You know, he was the one who always stood for them and always stood by them, you know, with God. Yeah. It's because like, really it could have gotten out of control. Yeah. And at any time, these people could have went with all these people they've been influenced by. Yeah. Or been around. Mm -hmm. But look, 2,000 people they only lost. That's it. So, anything else for 26? No, that's all I had. Okay, so chapter 27. Now, reading this, this is just my take on it. Yeah. I thought this was pretty progressive. This was quite something yeah. for, uh, in my eyes. I, I, yeah, I agree. In, you know, for, for Bible times back then. Yes, I'm with you. Um, the first part of chapter 27. Okay, so we have Moses, Eleazar, and the tribal leaders. They were approached by five sisters. Five yeah, sisters approached. Their father passed away. Yeah. And, you know, they claimed their father rebelled against the Lord and died of his own sin. And they felt it was unjust that their father's property would fall to the side because he never had a son. Yeah. Um, they felt that they should inherit the land with the rest of, you know, their their relatives. And Moses spoke to the Lord about it. And the, and the Lord said, yes, you know, this, this is all true. What the sisters are saying. So Moses then broke down how the inheritance system would work if there wasn't a son in the picture. I just thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, know. it is. It's very interesting, too. Yeah. Just like you said, for these that day and time, you know. Because, you know, women weren't yeah. thought of as much. And for the sisters to, to get together and be like, all right, we're going to approach Moses with this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you have a note for that part? Died because of his own sin means that he died a natural death. His death fell under the judgment of the entire nation for believing the faithless scouts. Okay, and those were the scouts that went to go check on the promised land. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then I have... Um, for three and four verses three and four um, up to this point the Hebrew law gave sons alone the right to inherit the daughters inherit the daughters of Zelophiad, ha having no brothers came to Moses to ask for the possessions God told them um, his inheritance would go to his daughters if he had no sons but the daughters could keep it only if they married within their own tribe Probably so the territorial lines would remain intact. Hmm. And then the remainder of chapter 27 is bittersweet. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the Lord told Moses to climb the mountain, look out over the land he had given to the Israelites because he would not be entering the promised land. And uh, the Lord recalled the time when Moses and Aaron defied him. But Mo And what I thought was one of the things that was amazing is Moses didn't argue with this. No. Uh, chapter 27, verses 16 and 17, you know, Moses said, O Lord, you are the God who gives breath to all creatures. Please appoint a new man as leader for the community. Give them someone who will guide them wherever they go and will lead them into battle. So the community of the Lord will not 
be like sheep without a shepherd. No arguing, just still had concern and love for his people. He wanted them to be taken care of. And uh, the Lord explained that Joshua would be the Israelites' new leader. And then if you wouldn't mind reading verses 22 and 23. Yes, it says... um... So Moses did as the Lord commanded. He presented Joshua to Eleazar the priest and the whole community. Moses laid his hands on him and commissioned him to lead the people, just as the Lord had comm- Lord had commanded through Moses. Uh, Aaron was able to see his son become the priest, and so now Moses was able to to see, you know, kind of his his replacement. Yeah. In in Joshua. Yes. Um, did you have the note for that part? I do. Okay. Um, it says, there's two. Mm-hmm. Um, Moses asked God to appoint a leader who was capable of directing both external and internal affairs. One who could lead them in battle, but would, who would also care for their needs. The Lord responded by appointing Joshua. Many people want to be known as leaders. Some are very capable of reaching their goals, while others care deeply for their people in their charge, for the people in their charge. The best leaders are both goal-oriented and people-oriented. Moses did not want to leave his work without making sure a new leader was ready to replace him. First, he asked God to help him find a replacement. Then when Joshua was selected, Moses gave him a variety of tasks to ease the transition into his new position. Moses also clearly told the people that Joshua had the authority and the ability to lead the nation. His display of confidence in Joshua was good for both Joshua and the people. To minimize leadership gaps, anyone in a leadership position should train others to carry on the duties should he or she suddenly or eventually have to leave. While you have the opportunity, follow Moses' pattern. Pray, select, develop, and commission. Mm. So now the, the, the only two left are yeah. Caleb and Joshua. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Now there's just Caleb, Joshua, and Moses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Moses is not going to be there. Crazy. Gosh. I know. You wonder if it was meant to happen that way so there wouldn't be a lot to pick from. What do you... I'm sorry. Like God, like, because there's only Caleb and Joshua. Oh, as far as uh, like, the replacement? Yeah. I see. But I guess he did have all those other people, but yet they didn't come from the beginning. Yeah. So I don't think there was no way for any of them to be able to be the leader. Yeah, that's a great point. These guys are the, the from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a wonderful point. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You, you Even if you start from the back, like if you ever get a minute, just take... Just take a little bit and read even how God, how Moses speaks to God mm-hmm. and how much he's growing in that. Mm-hmm. Like, look how he just says, he asks God to help him find someone. The way he even interacts with God is so much more mature. You're right, because now think about it if, you know, at the very beginning when 
like you said, when Moses was was talking to God and he's like, you know, God, I can't do this. Yeah. I there's no way I can do this. And he was going down all of you know the he, the faults he found with himself and self doubts. And now he it just seems like he's in such a comfortable place with God. Yeah. And he's able to speak with him and say, okay, all right, Lord, you know what? Let's make sure that there's a there's a good replacement to lead the people and exactly it's yeah his journey is amazing and you know if we can all remember as we've heard about Aaron dying this this today in our study and now Moses and there's no fear yes them they're going to die yeah and I know that someone might say well they had God talking to them we have the same access to God Mm -hmm. as these people do God, Jesus died on the cross for us. And what was left for us here on earth is the Holy Spirit that we all have inside of us. We have the same access. You just have to access it. You have to get in tune with it. And there's a difference between fear of dying and just fear of the unknown of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just know that you can... you can be that comfortable in dying also Mm -hmm. if you know God yeah and remember that Jesus is right there at his feet being your advocate yeah you know yeah so I just I just wanted to say that no that was beautiful yeah just just know that I mean this should be like look at how look like okay like okay let's get in the car we're gonna go to the store it sounds that simple to me Mm mm-hmm and I hope it does for everyone else. So and and like you said, if you're not at that point, which is okay, yes, it's it is. totally okay. Pray on it. Talk to yeah. God about it. Praying and talking to Him does not have to be in a room quiet. This and that. I talk to Him all day. I think you do too. I do. I mean, you know, we're having a conversation all day. Yeah, I mean, I think I get loony. Like I said before, wearing the mask, I can talk like a crazy person under that mask. No one hears me. Yeah, you know, so uh, just, you know, it's it's fine. It's just, it takes a process and no one's going to, we're, like I always say, we're going to sin the day we die, we'll be sinning yeah. probably. Yeah. Who knows? So, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. People think I'm trying to figure out what what type of eggs I'm buying. Like, do I want the big pack, the extra large eggs? No. Sometimes, yes, I am trying to find the right eggs. And I'm like, ah, but I'm like, oh, Lord. Yeah. Help that person down there in the cheese section. Because they need some help, too. Yeah. Or you just get a sense of somebody Mm -hmm. or something, you know. Yeah. That's the Holy Spirit. Or you have a friend on your mind or just call them. Yeah. You know, you know, so I just thought I would share that. Like, it was so like, okay, we're going to take him up there and give the, 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 the sorry, my phone, rang. the, um, robe and stuff. Just so simple. Like, dun, 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 dun. yeah, yeah. So it's fine. And it's, please understand it is totally normal to have that oh, fear for sure. And that's, it's something you just have to work on. Exactly. And, and not, it's okay to have fear. Yes. I mean, you know, that's okay. And then as you become stronger in your faith and in beliefs, 
it becomes easier um, to help others or like family members or friends who are suffering. And, you know, hopefully they're believers. Yes. But I think the grieving process um, is a little bit easier, you know, because you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have. That's it. Yeah, it was very good today. Yes. It's always good. Yes. Now, did you have a song recommendation? Yes. We're we're starting a new little thing at the end of our sessions. Amy came up with a wonderful thing. Yes. Where we're going to recommend a song. Go ahead. So I just thought sometimes it's easier for people to um, understand things through song. So I thought maybe if I we could we could recommend some songs that share the gospel, what the gospel is. So um, I thought I would recommend He Will Hold Me Fast by the Norton Hall Band. Norton, N-O-R-T-O-N? Uh-huh, okay. Hall Band. And you can look it up on YouTube. Oh, okay. And that is the gospel being sung. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that would be a good thing. Okay. And I will put that link in the show notes. Wonderful. And also, I will put it on the Facebook page. Good. All right. Sounds good. And if that isn't the bee's knees, we have a giveaway. Yes, we do. So we're going to give away a Bible. We are a chronological Bible that that we're going through. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So if you like to be entered, uh, go over to our Facebook page. So facebook.com and we're at my basic Bible study and at the top will be pinned, um, how, you know, how you can enter and all you have to do is just leave your name okay. underneath, right? And you'll be entered and then we'll pick a winner on March 16th and, uh, the person will be notified through Facebook. We'll let them know. And if, while you're there, if you want to like and follow the page that would be fine too but it's not necessary if you if you want to be entered uh, and then we'll send it out it is for us only only because shipping to overseas right now is crazy expensive okay there we go so us only uh but yeah go over to the facebook page and and there you go um so let's give out some information our email is basic bible study 19 the number 19 at gmail.com Facebook at my it's at my basic Bible study. The website is mybasicbiblestudy.com where you can find all the links. And next time we are going to finish up numbers. I can't believe it. Yep, so numbers chapters 28 through 36. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No, just that we pray for them all the time. I pray for them all every day. And yeah, no, they have a prayer request. That's all I need. All right. Well, have a blessed week. Yes. Have a blessed week, everyone. And we will catch you next time. Yeah. Bye-bye.